<clears throat> Good morning, everyone. We do need to keep that, that whole situation in Ukraine in our prayers. And uh, I don't know if some of you might have read in the uh, Friday email that we sent out from the church uh, that, you know, to kind of put that into perspective, this is the first time that, a, that one country has invaded another, at least in Europe, since World War II. And so that's over 80 years ago. Um, so that kind of puts it into perspective. And we pray that, of course, we pray for the people of Ukraine. But we also pray that that will not escalate into something even larger in our world as time goes on. Today, we're looking at some verses and talking about some things that are challenging to everyone at some point in our lives. Money, wealth, and power. Um, I say it's challenging for everyone because, you know, it doesn't matter how much you have. Uh, it's still a challenge. If you um, have a lot, it's a challenge to keep that in, the right, in its right perspective. Uh, if you don't have much, it's a challenge to choose where and, and where not to use it, of course. And then if you're in the middle somewhere, I think it's maybe a challenge on both of those ends. Or it can be uh, from time to time. So let's turn our Bibles together to Proverbs, uh, Proverbs 22, and uh, we're going to see some of the instructions that Solomon shares about our money and finances, and if you know much about the book of Proverbs, you know that um, it has a lot to say, uh, a lot of general principles for us to live our life by. Uh, sometimes they help us to reevaluate things in our life or to think about uh, how we're handling those things in our life. Uh, it's filled with wisdom on many different fronts. And uh, we see kind of an overview of that here in these five verses, first five verses of, of Proverbs 22. And uh, anytime I mention Proverbs or preach on Proverbs, I always have to remind you that Proverbs has 31 chapters. So you can read one chapter every day as a part of your devotions. And then you can start over the next month. Uh, so that's kind of convenient. Okay, Proverbs 22, verses 1 through 5. A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. Rich and poor have this in common. The Lord is the maker of them all. The prudent see danger and take refuge. But the simple keep going and pay the penalty. Humility is the fear of the Lord. Its wages are riches and honor and life. In the paths of the wicked are snares and pitfalls. But those who would preserve their life stay far from them. Let's go to the Lord and ask the Holy Spirit to be with us this morning. Lord, we come to you this morning. We ask that you would just uh, bless your word and may your word be active in our hearts today, and may that in turn become active, an active part of our life and how we serve you and follow you. Uh, we pray this in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. A good name is more desirable than great riches. You know, if we watch the news these days, it appears that many people in our world need to be Reminded of this or these verses. The PGA Tour and golfers who are making over a million dollars plus. Uh, one in particularly, 
uh, have been in the news recently about some greedy and selfish comments that have in turn tarnished his name and his image and possibly his legacy. In the world, there are billionaires who are paying to go into space and building some of the largest personal yachts that have ever been built. You've probably heard about this in the news. One of them is being built in the Netherlands, and it's so big that they're going to have to dismantle one of the famous bridges there just to get it out to the ocean from where it is being built. And uh, the people in the Netherlands aren't too happy about all of this. And so they have threatened that they're going to go out and they're going to throw eggs at the yacht when it does make its journey out to the ocean. That should be interesting to watch. <laughs> See what happens there. And then if you're a baseball fan, uh, you know, the whole labor disagreements between millionaires on both sides of the table right now are holding up the baseball season. And it looks like it's not going to even get to start on time because of that. And then on top of all of those things, of course, this week we have had uh, the terrible war that was just started by Russia this week in Ukraine. Power, money, wealth, and greed can be found in many places around the world. And as we know, it can also be found closer to home as well. And that's what these verses are reminding us of today. We all know, of course, that we should learn from our mistakes in the past. But oftentimes I think that's easier said, it's easier to say that than to actually do that and put it into, into action or motion. I think, you know, we are creatures of habit. And so uh, I think we have to ask the Lord to help us. To be able to change from our bad habits or our errant ways of, of the past. And I think that can be especially true when we're talking about uh, money, wealth, and power. How much do we really need? When is enough enough? And at what point does our desire to accumulate money and things get in the way of our Desire to follow Jesus and be a good witness of what he teaches and, and uh, how he shows us to live our lives. I had a birthday, uh, birthday this past week and recently I heard a quote uh, and someone said, It's easier to get older than it is to get wiser. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Solomon here wants us to get wiser in the Lord. And I think that's why he shares many of these, these proverbs that he does, they, that came from the Lord to him to share with us. Some years ago, uh, the company, Country Companies, financial division, they had a commercial on TV. And the commercial asked this question, what's your idea of financial security? When we hear a question like that, you know, is the answer uh, to that question different if we are a follower of God than it maybe is for somebody who, who is not a follower of God or believer in God? Well, in verse 2 here today in this proverb, it says, 
rich and poor have this in common. The Lord is the maker of them all. So whether you consider yourself rich, poor, middle class, whatever this morning, this verse reminds us that all of us have one thing in common. Our maker. God is the one who created us. God is the one who created this whole concept of, of money. And God is the one who knows our heart. And uh, that's a key part of this subject that we're talking about today. The heart. When uh, we heard Jesus refer to it in Matthew 6, 21 earlier, he said, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And, you know, really when it comes to biblical finance, that's, what, that's how Dave Ramsey uh, refers to this. Biblical finance, he calls it. Um, we can only remain grounded by keeping things in a healthy spiritual perspective. And perspective, I think, brings us back to verse 2 of Proverbs 22. Everything is really God's to begin with. We have to start there. God made us. God made all that is. And God has entrusted us with what we have. And that's something we need to keep reminding ourselves about. I'm, I'm sure. I know that we do. Because it's so easy to, to call it my money and, or, or think of our possessions as our things. And yet without God's provision, none of it would be ours to begin with. Sure, uh, you know, people work hard for the money that they are paid. But I think... For us as Christians and believers, even that hard work that we do should be viewed as a way of serving Christ and others instead of serving ourselves. You know, if we're going to place our perspectives in order today by what we understand from the Bible, it might look something like this. God first, of course. Because all of it is his to begin with anyway. And then our family and others would be second. And you know God has provided us with uh, families to grow and provide for. But he's also called us to help others. And not only be focused on our own needs or, or our own family. And that, that's a, also of course biblical uh, encouragement that we can pass on to our children. And to next, the next generations. This idea that at times we put others before ourselves. It goes back to verse 1 about, you know, having a good name. A good reputation. Being a good example. Those should come before the desire for great riches. We need to make sure that this godly perspective is, is witnessed. We, we need to make sure that we're talking about it and that we're passing it on to the next generation. I think 
kids often get a bad rap uh, when it comes to wanting things for themselves uh, and being selfish. Uh, you know, kids often get a bad rap when we start talking about that. Um, I've seen some kids, though, be a better example of this than some adults. <laughs> so there's that, too. But the thing I appreciate most when, when a, <clears throat> is when a child shows generosity or love towards another person. Um, because when they do it, just coming out of themselves, it is so genuine. And it feels so genuine. And, you know, it really does feel like they are doing it from their heart for that other person. Instead of, you know, maybe what the expectations of somebody else is or, or that person. It, it feels like it's coming from their heart. So I think that can be an example for us. That's the kind of humility that we need to show uh, in all of this. That's what Solomon mentions in verse 3 here when he says... Uh, that humility will lead us to honor and riches in this life. And so the question is, how can we know if we have this or are, are keeping all of this in the right perspective? Usually the best place to start is to look at our bank accounts, to look at our checking accounts or credit card statements. All of those things. I know many Christian financial advisors will tell you to, you know, take a look at the register in your checkbook or your monthly expenditures. Um, you know, how much of it goes to God? How much of it goes to others? And how much of it is being spent on ourselves? It's just a healthy thing for us to do sometimes is to step back and take a look at all of that. Another way to say it is how much of it is truly needed and makes a difference and how much of it is frivolous. I think that's one reason that a budget or at least, you know, having a physical account of where our money goes is a good way to see and to just reflect on how we are honoring God with our money and if we are doing things in the way that, that we should. I think uh, most financial advisors encourage people to budget, um, you know, but they do that in a sense of trying to help you make sure that you don't spend more than you make. But the other reason to do a budget, I think, is to see if it lines up with your relationship with God. You know, if Jesus were to sit down with you at your kitchen table and go over things, how would that go? What advice might he give us on these things? I heard a, a funny story one time about a wife who had been working on their next year's budget. as She was pouring over the money figures all night, working on it. And uh, so she comes out to her husband who was sitting in the family room and, and was watching TV. And she said, well, I've worked out the budget. Now you can go ask for a raise. <laughs> well, he decided the next night he was going to have a go at it with the budget. 
So he worked on it the next night. He comes into the kitchen and he tells his wife, he says, well, I've worked it out, but I'm going to need a little help. He says, I figured what we're going to need for food, clothing, and shelter. And we can have a choice of any two. <laughs> that's, a humor, that's kind of humorous, of course. But one thing it reminds us of is that promise that Jesus made to us in Matthew 6. 25 and 27. I'm not going to read that whole passage. It's there on the screen. I'm just going to read the words of, of verses 25 through 27. It says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you're going to wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Then he said, Look at the, the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? We've had some birds this winter. Uh, there's a little birdhouse just outside our kitchen window. And I've been watching these birds just with uh, amazement of how these little birds can survive in some of these frigid temperatures that we've been having. And I've thought about what Jesus said, you know, God is providing for them in the midst of the winter and they are, they have what they need. And so, um, you know, that's, uh, that's something for us to think about, especially in the wintertime when we see uh, birds and other things that are trying to survive. Going back to the budget. Anytime that we work on a budget or we pay our bills, we need to keep things spiritually in order. God gets the first fruits. At least that's the way it should be. In the Bible, it says that or suggests that that is 10%. And then after that is taken out, the needs of our family, of course, come next. We often refer to those as the bills that need to be paid to provide for us. And then often we have to keep a close eye on those bills, I think, because uh, in this day and age, uh, some of them maybe aren't necessary. So that's something we need to keep a watch on. In other words, you know, uh, they may be more for ourselves than they are for our family. Or they may fall into that frivolous category that, that I was mentioning earlier. And of course, after that, we should consider others, the needs of others. I know in our bulletin, you know, we often list uh, tithes and offerings. Because after the tithe, there is still that portion that we give to help other people. And that can be given in many different ways, of course. But the key there is to be generous. Before we consider what else we want to stuff away in our closets, we should first think about being generous and the needs that God might be putting in front of us, of others. Now, with all that said, I don't want you to think that I'm saying we should never take vacations, that we should never be able to buy something we want and, and things like that. I mean, those things are important in life. But what I'm hearing in these verses and from the scripture and what I'm trying to say is today is that 
you know, how do we keep those in balance? With the, all the many things in life that come. This is a very generous congregation. In many different ways. And in some ways I was thinking maybe this morning I just need to get up here and say, keep it up. <laughs> keep up the good work. But I know that temptations are always knocking at our door. And so we always need to be, we need to keep hearing these kind of things from scripture and these kind of encouragements from the Bible uh, so that we can keep making sure that they're a part of our life and how we're living. When we have a generous heart and a generous perspective, not only does it bless the other person or the other people, but it blesses God. I truly believe that. And in turn, we know how good it makes us feel when we are helping others and blessing others in certain ways. Sometimes the obstacle to uh, generosity, I think, is just maybe our attitude that we have towards money. What is your attitude about money? Do we think that it's the problem to all of our, or the answer to all of our problems and needs? I mean, there's no doubt, of course, that money plays a very important part if we're going to be able to provide for our families and if we're going to help others in need. It's important. But in the eternal scheme of things, it's really not as important as we sometimes make it out to be. The front of the bulletin this morning kind of grabs you when you look at it and it says there, it's only money. <laughs> but Dr. Carl Manninger once asked a very wealthy patient, uh, you know, what, what on earth, this is a very wealthy patient, he asked, what on earth are you going to do with all of your money? The patient replied a bit re reluctantly, well, I guess just worry about it. <laughs> and the doctor said, uh, do you get that much pleasure out of worrying about it all? And uh, the patient said, well, no, but I get terror when I think about giving it to someone else. I like what Paul had to say in 1 Timothy 6, 17. In the, the CEV version, translation, it says, warn the rich people of this world not to be proud or to trust in wealth that is easily lost. Tell them to have faith in God who is rich and blesses us with everything we need to enjoy in life. Now, that may not mean that an expensive sports car is headed your way. <laughs> but it does mean that if we place our trust and our hope in God, he will see to it that we are cared for. And as we think about our attitude, we must remember that, you know, there is far more to eternal life than what we will experience here on this earth. Our earthly assets are only going to be good here for a short span of, of time. But you think about eternity, our eternal assets, uh, those values that we and treasures that we lay up in heaven are going to be there for the rest of eternity. And uh, so a good name, 
a right standing with God and a generous heart should be more desirable than having great riches in the world. I know many of you do listen to uh, financial advisor Dave Ramsey's advice. And uh, one of his favorite sayings is, live like no one else so that later you can live like no one else. Now, of course, he's meaning that is in an earthly sense about saving for retirement, things like that. But there is also some eternal truth to that. Because if we live right now with the attitude uh, about money, with the right attitude about money in this life, and we keep God as our main source of, of contentment, then we will enjoy the many treasures that have been laid up in heaven when this life on this earth is over. I think, you know, we hear stories from time, time and time again from those who have amassed these large amounts of wealth and fame. And we learn that it doesn't really bring true contentment. Famous actor Jim Carrey, he once said this, he said, I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they dreamed of just so they can see it's not the answer. Hmm. <laughs> I guess a better way maybe to rephrase what Dave Ramsey says in that quote, to put it in a spiritual sense, would be to say, live with an eternal attitude now about these things and celebrate then with God's people in heaven later. We are reminded in Proverbs 22 that God views wealth in a different way than the world does. So going back to verse 4. Again, it says, humility and the fear of the Lord bring wealth and honor and life. Fear there, of course, means trust, not being scared like we sometimes think of fear. So humility and trust in the Lord will bring wealth and honor in life. So that's a reminder that our character, our spiritual life, our willingness to trust in God and have faith in him are where we find the wealth of heaven. So often, you know, people go searching high and wide for the quickest, easiest way to, to find wealth and honor and, and the good life. And yet it's truly found in the heart that honors God with all that he has blessed us with. True contentment in life is not found in the treasures of this world, but in the treasures of heaven. Now, of course, being successful and, and even having a lot of money in this world is not a sin. But how we use it or how we abuse it and really how we view it can definitely be a sin. And so as we think about these verses in Proverbs today, you know, as we consider what Jesus taught about these things, and as we hear and we see the stories of people in the news and even in our communities, locally, close by, we're left to ask one important question of ourselves this morning. What is most important? A good name a right relationship with Jesus, having a heart for others, or great worldly riches, wealth, and power. 
God's not asking everyone to give up all that they have, you know, but we were, we were reminded in Scripture even that the poor widow in Mark 12 gave all that she had when her time came. And so I think maybe these verses today are asking us, would we be willing to do that? If we were in that situation, I think the answer we really get at the, I think the answer we give would really get at the heart of the issue for us this morning and really tell us maybe where our heart truly is on these things. We need to remember what Jesus said, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So instead of in closing, instead of seeking the wealth of the world, we need to ask, or we need to seek first the kingdom of God. We need to enjoy what he has blessed us with and give him thanks for that, of course. But we do need to be sure that we are using his money and his things to bless others in his name. It goes back to that whole idea or the whole concept. Everything that we have is God's. And if we're using it generously and using it to further his kingdom on this earth and seeking his kingdom in heaven, then I, I think we do have our heart in the right place when it comes to these things. So our song of response this morning is going to be Seek Ye First. It's kind of an older song, but I think it gets at the heart of of what we're talking about this morning, about seeking first the kingdom of God. So let's stand together. Ron and Erica are going to come lead us in this song, and then I will close in a word of prayer. Now into this week and bless each one.